This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this, this is Work of Tomorrow on Business Radio. Here's your host, Christian Tervish. Welcome to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tervish, and we're here for you every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by replays throughout the week. The purpose of my show is to explore how work will change in times of globalization and digitization. I want to understand the work of tomorrow, hence the title. Now, buying a house is for most of us the single biggest purchase we do in a lifetime. Finding the right house, evaluating schools, checking the attic and the basement, negotiating the price, it's a crazy journey for us consumers. So most consumers use a real estate agent. The National Association of Realtors has some 1.3 million members, making this job a major source of employment and income for many Americans. But, as in any industry, times are changing. The Internet has changed how we buy things, including houses, and we can now stroll through neighborhoods using Google Street View, and market intelligence has been democratized thanks to Zillow. What does this mean for the future of real estate agents? How is their job evolving, and will they be disrupted by technology? I will be talking with two wonderful guests in my show today. The first one is Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. And then in the second half of the show, I want to welcome Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. At this point, welcome, Bob. Hey, good afternoon, Christian. How are you today? Hey, Bob. Uh, from a consumer perspective, what makes for a great real estate agent? Well, you know, I think it's one that understands uh, what's happening in a respective market, uh, uses technology and different toolkits to help make the consumer's experience the best possible. Now, you run the National Association of Realtors. Tell us what this organization does. Yeah, uh, the National Association of Realtors is the largest trade association in the United States uh, with over 1.3 million members. Uh, they are tasked with, uh, as part of what they do every day, is making sure that the consumer experience is the best possible when they're searching for uh, a house or commercial property or an investment property, and they all abide by a code of ethics. So one thing I understand that you guys are doing is training. Uh, say I wanted to quit my job here at Penn, my radio job, and become a real estate agent. What would I have to do? Well, um, Actually, you have to go through and become licensed in your respective state uh, to be able to sell and transact real estate. Uh, most importantly, if you want to be a realtor, uh, that means that you have to be a member of our national association. There's a difference between realtors and real estate agents. Realtors, uh, the 1.3 million that we mentioned, uh, abide by a code of ethics and cannot call themselves a realtor unless they are a member of both their local association of realtors, their state association of realtors, and the national association of realtors. So help me understand the difference. What is the, 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 I mean, I understand that these folks comply by a certain code of ethics. How many, so 1.3 million realtors, how many real estate agents, how many more people are out there who have decided uh, not there's, to? There's over 2 million licensees. Um, that have a real estate license, but the majority of folks that you deal with to buy and sell or invest in property, uh, you know, for example, residential real estate, most of them are our members uh, by far. Uh, other members that may have or other folks that have licenses may be real estate attorneys or other folks associated with the real estate transaction, 
but many of them may not conduct the actual transaction themselves. So that's an amazing number of jobs. Uh, tell, tell us, what does this job involve? I mean, what, what, what are the kind of, I work as a real estate agency, I'm a full-time real estate agent, licensed or not licensed, but maybe member with you or not. Uh, how do I, for example, sell a house? What are the, what's the workflow here? Well, the, you know, our members are very involved with understanding, you know, what's happening in their respective communities. They have to be the subject matter experts. Uh, to show the value that they bring to a real estate transaction. So what occurs is uh, when someone wants to list a property, uh, the consumer actually will work to interview different agents to decide which one might match up better with them. Uh, many of them, I will tell you, go to Realtor.com. We were the first ones out of the gate back in 1995 where we put all the properties from MLS systems up online and uh, allow consumers to be able to search not only for the properties that they're looking for with the criteria that they're specifically looking at, uh, but also even to find a realtor themselves. They can find someone that matches better with the types of skills and experience and background uh, that that respective consumer may be searching for. So if I think about the work there, you mentioned like understanding the community. There must be some work that independent of a particular transaction, a particular sale, the the agent is just learning things that are going on, new schools that are opening, uh, real estate tax changes, new trends. There's kind of homework or to, to lay the foundation, and then there's the actual job when it comes to serving a particular client. Can, what, what is a typical work day if there is such a thing for real estate, a real, a realtor work look like? Yeah, I will tell you, there is no typical work day for our members. Uh, you know, realtors, you know, they get up in the morning. Uh, they're, they're always working with their clients, uh, buyers or sellers. Um, the, the job really is not a nine-to-five. It is somebody that needs to be available based on what their clients' uh, needs are. Uh, and, but more importantly, knowing the marketplace that they're serving is what makes them instrumental in the real estate transaction. So, uh, the, you know, I, if you ask any of our members what their typical day is, a day in the life of one of our members, there is nothing typical uh, in any single day. And there's nothing typical between one member and another member because it's all based on what's occurring at the time that a client is looking for a property. Now, I say the same thing about my job. And as a professor, there's probably some hint of a truth there as well. But across a million people, there must be some standards or some guidance or some typical empirical levels of how many hours a person sells to, takes to sell a house or how many visits come to a house on average before it is sold here in Philadelphia. Uh, do you track such industry statistics about these workflows? You know what? It is tracked at both the real estate brokerage level, and it's also tracked at the local board of realtors. Um, but I will tell you, like as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you, when you work with an uh, agent, you know, depending on the market and how hot a market is, um, that, you know, you will find that some properties will get multiple bids the first day that property goes up because the market is so hot. In another market on the same day where it's not as, uh, you know, not as hot a market, uh, uh, the work to market that property is very extensive. Uh, different agents have different techniques that work for them. The most important thing is, is that the adoption of technology and the ability to market properties online or through other tool sets has made such a big difference in this industry. And like I said, we created that back in 95 with 
taking all the data from MLSs and putting them on Realtor.com, and that really revolutionized how properties are being transacted and and, uh, interfacing with consumers directly online. Let me go back to the workload in a moment, but since you bring up the issue of the online market, uh, my wife and I purchased the house we now live in about 20 years ago. There was no Zillow back then. I needed the help for the agent, really primarily for the market intelligence, what the pricing level of the community was, what trends were. In the last eight years, we've acquired a couple of other properties for investment purposes. And honestly, the main thing we needed an agent for was just to open the door for the properties. Really, all the market intelligence that we had at our fingertips. So how has business changed over the last these 10, 20 years in which initially you mentioned 1995 when you started putting things up online and now that at a time we have main le- an amazing amount of data available at our fingertips. How, how has the work of the real estate agent changed? Uh, it makes them uh, far more um, responsible for helping the consumer interpret all that data. Um, so yes, you're right. In fact, you know when we started Realtor.com in 95, uh, it was heresy, I will tell you. I mean, even our members thought, why is NAR pushing to put all this data that used to be uh, <coughs> excuse me, in the MLS systems up online, and why are we providing consumers with so many tools? Well, that's where the world was moving. And so what has occurred is, you're right, the consumer, anybody buying or selling a property has access to so much information. The problem with it is it is so much information. And so how do you interpret that? How does that really play into what's really happening in a marketplace? One of the advantages that our members have as, uh, as realtors is they can actually provide to consumers a comparative market analysis. What is really happening in the MLS system? What just sold? What's the trend analysis? What's impacting certain areas or zip codes within a market area? Those are the types of skill sets that a realtor brings to the table. Uh, so their, their responsibility has changed substantially to where they need to understand how data is impacting their market. But at the end of the day, Christian, it still is a people business. You know, you you need someone that you can rely on that can help you interpret what's really going on and advise you and tell you what's the area that's got the best soccer fields and the soccer teams and places of worship and things like that. You may have the data, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to you unless you have a professional helping you interpret it. So let me use this as a hook to go back to the kind of the actual workloads or the hours spent on transactions. Again, understanding that every transaction is, is arguably unique. Um, but what is kind of since, since it's a people business, what fraction as a future real estate agent would I be spending with people as opposed to sitting in front of a computer understanding the data that comes in thanks to Zillow and other sources? So uh, how much of that is customer facing? versus how much of that is basically analytics work that I'm, I'm doing from my, ba- from well, my desk. Well, you cited a perfect example you, where you talk about someone who may be sitting in front of a computer and trying to look at the analytics. The majority of people that buy a home don't do that. They rely on a professional to help interpret all that information that they're getting. Because at the end of the day, uh, like we said, there's so much information that's there. What does it all mean? And it is a people business because the real estate transaction is not like buying a car. I mean, you can go online and go to all those car sites and compare automobiles until the cows come home. And that's easy because you can put in the exact specs of an exact automobile and compare 
prices in dealerships, et cetera. When you're dealing with a house, you're dealing with a much more complex real estate transaction. So where you're dealing with appraisals and title insurance and lending and all those other components that a realtor helps facilitate in the process, uh, that's what makes them so valuable in a real estate transaction. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Christian Terrish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Bob Goldberg, who is the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. We're talking about how technology is changing the job of realtors and, you know, explore the hypothesis to what extent those jobs might be on the line. A very interesting discussion. We'll get more back up in the second half of the show where I'll be talking with Jeremy Waxman, president of Zillow. So I, I, I think it is nevertheless helpful to understand the process of uh, from the initial acquisition of, of, of a lead, somebody said, like, I want to move to Philadelphia and buying the house, to the closing. Help, help me understand the key touch points at which the real estate agent is adding value here. Well, the value is from the day that a consumer contacts them and says, I'm looking in this particular area. Tell me about the trends that are happening like you had mentioned earlier, the schools, the transportation, uh, the jobs that are happening in a market area so that they know if the economy is good and what's the trend analysis for a house. Uh, the interpretation part is the most important part because you get a gut reaction as to what a marketplace is all about. Uh, realtors themselves, because they are the experts, bring a far more to a real estate process than just any analytics you find online. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tavish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Bob Goldberg, who is the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. We're talking about how the job is changing of uh, that the realtors perform. And uh, again, Zillow and other services have made data much more abundantly available. But as Bob pointed out, there's so much information out there, there needs to still be a guide that helps the consumer navigate this place. Uh, Beyond the abundance of information, uh, Bob, what other trends in technology are you seeing at the moment? Well, I'm thinking about virtual home visits and all these things that are kind of available on platforms now. What else is happening? Yeah, there, there's a tremendous amount happening uh, in terms of uh, demographic information and buying trends. Uh, you find a lot of our members looking at what types of technology are out there to help a real estate transaction become more efficient to help the consumer. Uh, for example, you know, a, uh, uh, looking at uh, how do you automate all the pieces and more of the pieces of a real estate transaction so that you can get from contract to closing faster. Uh, that has been the challenge because there's so many disparate pl uh, players that are part of a real estate transaction trying to connect all those places together, you know, the lender, the appraisal, the bug inspection, um, all the way to the point as to where you get to closing, uh, we have found, and it always, I always say this somewhat kiddingly, but it's a very true statement, that typically only bad things happen between contract and closing because you, know, you have the inspectors in the middle of it and you have the lenders and the appraisers. And so there's a lot of pieces that if you can automate it to help make this transaction happen faster and more efficiently, at the end of the day, it's all about helping to benefit the consumer. Uh, everything we want our members to do helps the consumer's experience and the process that they go through to be enjoyable because it is their largest purchase at many times as part of their life. Since it is business radio, let's talk a little bit about money. Um, 
for a typical house here in the Philadelphia burbs, I might be paying $400,000, $500,000. Um, what is a typical cut that the real estate agent gets? Again, uh, understand you know, I will tell you, it, it is all over the board. Uh, we monitor it, uh, but every market, every broker, it's all different. You know, we encourage consumers to look at what uh, uh, what the commission rates are, what the services are. Uh, it differs between one broker and another, but the services also differ. So, um, you know, the best answer I can give is have a consumer check with what's happening in that market. Uh, you know, there's discount brokers to full service brokers and everything in between, and it really is up to the consumer to find out what works for them and matches up with what they're uh, trying to accomplish. I've typically worked with brokers that were in the 6% range for both, 3% for the buyer and 3% for the seller agent. Is, is, that a, is that a common agreement or is that more, the, more of an exception? It, it is, it, it, Christian, it's hard to answer that because it is different in every market. Uh, and it just depends what the services are on both ends between the buyer's agent and the seller's agent and what the consumer has agreed to. How much of that is typically tied into reaching performance? If you think about the contract being like a percentage fee versus a, a target price plus a bonus type of an agreement. Well, I think the easiest way to answer it is it's all 100% performance-based because if a property doesn't sell, no one gets a commission. Um, you know, it's an interesting uh, profession, as we were talking about it before. Uh, our members, uh, you know, realtors put in literally you know, thousands of hours a year working for consumers, but that doesn't mean that it comes to fruition that there's a closing or real estate transaction. So our members spend a, you know, a considerable amount of money with no guarantee that a real estate transaction will happen. So it's one of those professions that when you're on a commission base, you do a lot of work on behalf of a buyer or a seller, and something may happen. The seller changes their mind. They don't want to sell their property. And meanwhile, the, the agent has uh, really spent, you know, in many cases, thousands of dollars, and yet nothing comes to fruition. Uh, because, but that's the... That's the part of the business that our members uh, sign up for when they get into this particular industry. But let me let me push back on that a little bit, right? If, if it's a commission-based business, there's a certain drive to turn the the house, so to say, because it's it's only at the transaction when the the fees are due. So I'm looking at a five hundred thousand dollar house. I want to sell it. It's not hard to sell that house for four hundred thousand dollars, and I shouldn't get an agent a big kind of. Uh, Fee to sell it for four hundred thousand. At five hundred thousand, I have market level. If I find an agent that sells it for six hundred thousand dollar, I'd be willing to give that agent twenty percent of the premium over the five hundred thousand. Wouldn't that be a better way of aligning the incentives between the consumer and the real estate agent as opposed to taking a fixed cut? Uh, I think you ought to suggest that to the next house you sell and offer that kind of bonus to the selling agent. Uh, all of that is negotiable. Everything there is negotiable. So, so do absolutely. You, do you do you see these more performance based pricing models become more common? Because again, now thanks to Zillow and other sources, I have a much cleaner information as a consumer, as a seller, of what a fair market value might be. Do you, do you see people do this more often now, or is it hard to tell? You know, I, it's very mixed. You talk to any one of our agents and uh, and our brokers uh, that are out there, they will tell you that consumers are always negotiating as to what it is that they're looking for. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to 
what services does that particular buyer or seller want from their agent? Uh, it, that varies because some of them might say, hey, I simply want you to put a sign in the yard, hold a couple open houses, and put the listing in MLS. That's one level. You've got others that say, I want a far more extensive marketing plan. I want you to bring in all kinds of buyers. What is your global reach? You know, What is your national reach? All those are legitimate types of uh, questions when you go to buy or sell a home. And really no different than any other kind of profession when you're asking someone to help sell or market something for you. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Christian Terish, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Bob Goldberg, who is the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. We're talking about how technology is changing the job of realtors and you know, explore the hypothesis to what extent those jobs might be on the line. Speaking about other professions, we had uh, shows on uh, Work on Tomorrow about travel agents. And again, at least the term agent seems similar. And it's while it's not selling a house, selling a vacation is, is oftentimes a complex uh, and, and hard to kind of describe good. Um, now, travel agents really have taken a major hit in employment. If you If you look at the trends that you see in your profession, uh, over the last five years, has the number of uh, people in the industry gone up or down? It has gone up. Uh, we are uh, you know, over 1.3 million members. Uh, in the middle of the real estate uh, and the national economy recession back in the you know, right at, uh, 2006 7 time frame, we dropped to about a million, uh, uh, but we're back up to 1.3 million. And our 30-year average has been close to about 800,000. So uh, it has been a very strong profession uh, because there's lots of homes uh, and properties being transacted. So one thing, it, it clearly changes with the business cycle, as you were alluding to lore in the 2008 financial crisis and, and, and higher now in an economy that is still going strong. Um, do you see 10 years from now with technology advancing further, potentially business cycles continuing? If you net out the business cycles, do you think in, in the next 10, 20 years the technology will lead to more jobs in your profession or to fewer jobs? Well, I think it's all t uh, tied to the numbers of homes that are transacted and available uh, that are out there. Because at the end of the day, the, if you talk to any consumer, the majority of them want a professional there. So if there's more properties being transacted, I think you'll see the numbers of our members continue to stay at least steady, if not grow. Uh, we've seen that strong trend uh, continue. Uh, even if real, real estate sales dip a bit, we still see the numbers of members in the profession stay strong. It's a very rewarding career as you're interfacing with people and dealing with them pursuing the American dream. So in many ways, and I, I don't mean this as a negative, but the impact that technology is not having a productivity boost in terms of the agent being able to support more customers, if anything, the technology benefits the customers making a better purchase, but it's in no way lowering the cost. Uh, well, I think that depends, you know, as the, I think the, the cost per transaction uh, when you look at the, the, the cost of homes appreciating, you know, you still have the same amount of work uh, in helping to market or sell a property or helping a consumer buy a property, uh, despite the fact that costs keep going up, not only for properties, but for our members to actually service their customers. 
So you raised an interesting other trend. There's a certain, in, I mean, in, or at least median house prices have come up significantly over the years. Um, is, is there also an increase in just the complexity of the transaction with basically just legal aspects becoming ever more complex, mortgage underwriting going through major changes? Has that impacted your business? Uh, it, it has impacted the industry as a whole because I think there's a couple. If you look at, Christian, the trends that are happening in the business, you know, when the real estate market took a huge hit, it was a result of uh, uh, of the issues that were associated with subprime mortgages. Uh, the lending industry did not do a whole lot of favors to real estate by providing loans to people that probably should not have qualified. That's what led to the problems in real estate before. Uh, underwriting guidelines got much stricter. Credit reviews got stronger, which is a good thing. Um, I think there may have been some overcompensation right after the crisis, but that was the right thing to do. But I think the marketplace itself has uh, balanced itself to the point where, you know, people can find credit through lending. Uh, the biggest challenge right now is inventory in the marketplace. Uh, there is just not enough homes. The demand is higher than the supply, which has then pushed the appreciation up higher. So the more that uh, the inventory can grow, I think, then provides a better consumer experience because they'll have more properties to look at. Talk more about the integration that you have with the lenders. You mentioned earlier on that that is one part where the automation has kicked in. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, our members typically, you know, they end up being the point person for what's happening in the entire real estate transaction. Uh, so many times where we talk about that integration, uh, it's more of being a facilitator to make sure the process is moving along. Yes, the consumer goes out, finds their uh, source of funding. <clears throat> they typically will get qualified. We think it's a good idea to get qualified, certainly before you go through the process, <clears throat> so you know what your buying power is. Uh, but then our members uh, work very closely with their clients to make sure that, you know, the process with the lending is moving forward, have they been approved, um, and then helping to get everything to the closing table. So I know predictions are always hard, especially when it concerns the future here, right? But uh, do you dare make a prediction of how the job of a realtor looks like in 20 years from now? Um, I think it is going to continue to be one that, uh, evolves to being a uh, facilitator of the transaction, but more importantly, understanding what all that data means and helping a consumer uh, interpret what it means. Uh, it will require our members, the you know, the up-and-coming members that choose to want to get involved with selling real estate, uh, to be stronger in understanding how data impacts consumers' decisions how the demographics of this country are changing. And so I think that there will clearly be a role for realtors. It's uh, over a 100-year-old uh, profession. And it's just the uh, methods that they use to help consumers attain their dreams um, are just going to be different and far more in-depth than what they have been in the past. Says Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. Thank you, Bob. At this point, it's my great pleasure of welcoming my second guest today, Jeremy Waxman, who is the president of Zillow. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Jeremy, talk about your background and what uh, you did before coming to Zillow. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, my career has been kind of one long mix of engineering and marketing. Um, I actually started my career in, out of computer science, um, 
you know, in, in software development and then got into product management and strategy and then have spent the last 10, 15 years just working on all parts of consumer. So marketing and products and customer experience um, at Microsoft um, and now for the last nine years or so at Zillow. Zillow has been having a huge impact on our lives. Uh, personal question there, Jeremy. Have you ever been invited to a dinner party, uh, checked out the address on Zillow to get a sense of what type of host you're going to see? Well, I think the example you just gave is what everyone does oh, when, they come, when, when they come to talk to us. <laughs> Make, <laughs> makes me feel better, yeah. Yeah, and, and we also, a, a lot of what happens, and I'm sure your listeners do, is um, they sometimes check the app even more frequently when they're not buying a house just to see what's going on in the neighborhood than when they're actively shopping. So uh, real estate in many ways is a daily habit um, for folks. Um, it's the single biggest financial decision most people make, and it's a you know, you're always kind of looking and thinking because it has such a huge impact on your quality of life. Now, you have some 175 million visitors on your website per month. Now, most of us know Zillow as a provider of market intelligence. So what, what, what services, what's your assortment of services that you provide to the customers now in 2018? Yeah, the, I mean, so Zillow started in 2006, uh, really with the mission of building a marketplace to empower buyers, sellers, and renters to make decisions about home. And so you're right, we started with home values because one of the biggest pieces of data that was you know, mystifying in the real estate transaction was trying to get a sense of what your house was worth before you went through a mostly opaque and offline um, process to figure out how to sell. Um, fast forward a decade plus later, and we are the largest, as you said, website uh, and actually family of websites for people to come try and figure out what to buy or rent or sell. Um, most of our business today is those home shoppers trying to find their next dream home or sell their home and partnering them with a great real estate agent or mortgage broker or a property management professional to help make that decision. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Warden School. I'm your host, Christian Tevich. I'm chatting with Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. Our topic today is uh, the realtor industry. We have been talking about the jobs of real estate agents. In the first half of the show, I talked with Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. Now, my wife and I have purchased a number of properties over the last 20 years. It used to be all agent. Uh, now, we spend hours and hours on Zillow before buying anything. How have you impacted the purchasing process and potentially the job of the real estate agents? Yeah, well, it's still all agent today, right? I mean, that's one of the um, things that I think a lot of people who study the industry who don't work in it expect that technology would maybe, you know, disrupt or disintermediate. Um, it's the single biggest financial transaction, and most people only make it once in a decade. So the percentage of folks that are looking for help um, is very, very high and has not changed with the Internet. Um, what has changed is what that help is. Right, So most people are still using an agent, but as you just described, most people are coming to that conversation a lot more empowered and with a lot more data. And so if before the Internet, you know, a book in someone's office was the only way to understand what was for sale or what home values were, now a buyer or a seller can come to that initial agent conversation and have a much better sense of maybe what they're looking for, and they can partner with that agent to drive the conversation. So we, you, know, you can empower consumers to be a lot more informed uh, and that can help save agents time. Um, and then what that really has done is it's moved the role of an agent from an information arbiter to a trusted advisor, you know, a wealth manager or a financial advisor. That's really interesting. I mean, it's so much in line with what Paul Goldberg, of the the CEO of the National Association of Realtors, was mentioning. Again, I mean, you you 
perfectly described my situation as well as kind of sitting an academic who's not working in the industry. And I, I kind of still look at the situation and say like there's a major boost in productivity that has been possible thanks, thanks to your technology. And so your argument is that all that surplus of the new technology has been given basically uh, to the consumer by having now the same costs, the same everything, but a better outcome because they've gotten much better advice. They came into these meetings with a real estate agent, so much more prepared. Uh, you really don't see a competitive threat, a substitution threat on the real estate agents, on the agents' jobs? Not on the advisor side, right? I mean, that's, you know, if you take take wealth management or medical advice, right, you, you may walk into that conversation in different terms, and it may give rise to different services. But let's even talk about, you know, one of our most innovative services that we offer today, something we call Zillow Offers, where if you're buying and selling together, you may not want to go through the hassle of all the steps of selling while you're also thinking about buying. Um, the agent still plays a role very centrally in that transaction as well. It just, again, it further transforms the consumer agent relationship or the advisor and service relationship um, to keep up with these rising consumer expectations. Tell us a little bit more about that service. Yep. So Zillow offers, which we started this spring and is live in a handful of markets, is really about, as I said, keeping up with that changing consumer expectations. We know that people expect things at this point from their smartphone, that remote control of their life. They want to push a button and have magic just happen. And most sellers who are also buying are super stressed because they are uncertain of the price they're going to get and they're uncertain of the timetable. And so Zillow Offers offers them this great starting point to understand, hey, if I just wanted to have Zillow sell the house for me, go through the process of staging, go through the, you know, the fix-ups, um, all the work that I would normally have to do, you know, what, what, do I, what, what can I get if I turn that process over to somebody else? Um, and so that's, we've been live for a couple months in a handful of markets, and, and we're expanding that surface as we go. So tell us more about your what's oftentimes called your revenue model or your business model. Again, we uh, have benefited so much from your services as consumers, but I've, I don't think I've ever paid you. And so you have a more a Google-like revenue model than the kind of the, the fee-for-service model. Can you tell us how uh, Zillow makes money? Yeah, that's correct. The vast majority of Zillow's uh, revenue comes in the form of highly targeted and very effective advertising. Um, so agents brokers, uh, professionals in the industry who are looking to grow their business, whether that's acquire more customers, whether that's expanded into a service area, um, they advertise on our platform. And when a buyer or a renter or a seller is, you know, looking to connect with a professional, that connection happens on us. And, you know, as a lead or as a connection, we get paid for that. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Warden School. I'm your host, Christian Tevich. I'm chatting with Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. Our topic today is uh, the realtor industry. We have been talking about the jobs of real estate agents. In the first half of the show, I talked with Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. If you want to know I have access to the first part of the show as well, go to my website, workoftomorrow.com. You have can access to the first half as well as all other episodes. At this point, again, I'm going to continue my discussion with Jeremy Waxman, president of Zillow. So historically, it's been all lead generation. Uh, similarly, I think you've been allowing people to look around for, for mortgages. So, so I think in the mortgage space, there have been some recent innovations on your side. That's right. So, And, and mortgage professional, I would classify in that same camp. So if you're connecting with a professional as, as a lead, that's historically in our, been our business model. Uh, and that continues today. Uh, with Zillow Offers, we recently announced that we're also purchasing a small um, 
mortgage lender to help integrate into that process. That's just on the Zillow offer side primarily. Um, but yeah, the, the way you described our revenue model, that's exactly right. And if you think about it, most people now, I think 90 plus percent of people are consulting and using the internet as their primary source of information. You know, you described your own example. Um, so your referral, your, you know, just the same way people are Zillowing houses to figure out what they want to pay for them, they are also Zillowing agents and trying to figure out who they want to work with. So you have like a track record of agents of like saying here is Christian and he hasn't sold a thing in the last five years and here is Mary who is turning houses much faster so you can give me a report card on agents? Absolutely. So you can go to Zillow and there's an agent directory of, of all agents. Uh, and again, remember, we're a media site, so we partner with any broker, any type of agent who wants to be on our platform. And you can see ratings and reviews. We have millions and millions of consumers who have said what their experience working was with them was like. We have a profile where you can see what deals they've done. So which zip codes do they work in and what price ranges do they work in? Are they a single agent? Do they have a big team? Um, you can see all these things on Zillow. And so what you find is that when folks are moving, you know, just like all your other brands are up for grabs, your agent brand is up for grabs when you're moving a long distance. But even if you're staying in town and you have a referral from a friend and family, you're not going to come check them out, right? You're going you're gonna to come to Zillow and check out kind of the LinkedIn for real estate to figure out what do you think about that person. And what we see in our data is the younger generation doesn't use agents any less. In fact, they're more picky. They will interview or talk to more agents than the Gen X or baby, their baby boomer counterparts before they make a decision. So technology, again, we talk about that push button, make magic happen, but they all, it also, as you talked about, the time it frees up, they put that time into research and they, they, they are more discerning, I would say, in their decision making. So one thing I it comes to mind when I think about Zillow is beyond the, uh, the platform uh, beyond the technology, this is amazing business intelligence about the real estate market. I mean, I have many friends who are economists, and many of them look for, for Zillow as a source of amazing data. Um, don't you have a competitive edge over many of the mortgage banks who are underwriting loans on properties that they barely understand? Aren't you, aren't you in some sense, and please don't get, get me wrong, but if, once you're so smart, Aren't you in a better position to do underwriting than many of the, the lenders are? Well, I don't know about underwriting, but if you think about Zillow offers where we are trying to very quickly get you a price for your home, right? So you're coming to us. Let's say you have a new job and you need to move out of state. Let's say you have two kids and two dogs and you just don't want to go through a month and a half of showings to sell your house. We are trying to get you within a couple days a, a cash offer that we can quickly make binding to buy your house. And one of our big advantages in doing that is our treasure trove of pricing data. Right. So what we envision in the future is everybody can come to their house and they can see their estimates. Right. That's that automated computer model estimate of what your house might be worth. Um, that's only as good as the computer model. We've never been inside your house. And if you haven't told us everything, we don't know everything. But right next to your estimate, you could get a cash offer and know what your starting point is if you wanted to turn the service over and let us do it. And you could get an agent who work is an expert in your area who could help you figure out if you want to maximize price and go through the process yourself what could you do? So imagine a world in the future where you could push a button and have all those options at your disposal. It makes the selling process easier. It helps people who need to go buy and sell really reduce the hassle and stress in that process. Now, that cash offer would come from Zillow or would come from Zillow making the connections to somebody who has been on your platform? No, in this case, the cash offer comes from Zillow. So that's basically, you would really be putting your money where your mouth is or where your Z estimate is. 
That's right. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Warden School. I'm your host, Christian Tevish. I'm chatting with Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. Uh, our topic today is uh, the realtor industry. We have been talking about the jobs of real estate agents. In the first half of the show, I talked with Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. If you want to know, I have access to the first part of the show as well. Go to my website, workoftomorrow.com. You have can access to the first half as well as all other episodes. At this point, again, I'm going to continue my discussion with Jeremy Waxman, president of Zillow. So uh, that, that gets me to something that I've always been puzzled by the real estate agent uh, industry which is the the way that the, the the agents get paid. I mean, while there are many different payment models to the agents, I've always been puzzled how little of a performance bonus there is. So if I'm selling a house that is valued for $500,000 or with a Z estimate of $500,000, I would say even an idiot could sell that house for $400,000, in which case that idiot shouldn't be getting still 6% of $400,000. Uh, if somebody sells that house for 600000 uh, I would be happily splitting like uh, the, the the extra hundred thousand dollars with that person, with giving that person twenty percent of of every dollar over the the, the the Z estimate. Do you see the Z estimates and your market intelligence be used more and more? How agents get compensated and evaluated? Um, no, I don't think the Z estimate really drives agent compensation. I mean, I think if you if you you have to remember that there's two agents involved in the majority of transactions. Each one is splitting that commission. And each agent, that's effectively their salary, right? They're splitting the commissions they generate across all the business they do. So for every deal that gets done, they're doing a lot of work for people where that deal hasn't closed yet. So um, if you want to think about like the economic return of agents, you know, it's, it's pretty rational. They are very hardworking folks spread across the country. Um, I think the pricing transparency really just helps market the market move right so we you know what we have right now is we have a big inventory crunch um and that's not that used to be because of of negative equity and folks coming out of the recession but now even with home prices rising in hot markets we're seeing inventory levels go down and the reason for that is by you know buyers who are sellers are stuck so even if you've made a bunch of paper equity on your house you got to go list it you got to go find something to buy and you get seized and paralyzed trying to make that math work. So a lot of what Zillow offers is about is really trying to unshake some of that inventory loose. If we can make it easier to sell, and really importantly, we can give you flexibility on timing. So many of the folks who come through that new offering, they get a full two, three months where they know what their cash offer is and they can pick a closing date out in the future and they can go be a buyer. Right? That, that transparency and that flexibility allows them to then go find a place and actually think about buying and selling, whereas they might not have before. So that's where we really think the pricing discovery helps, is it if we can make it more transparent and more empowered for the seller, and 70% of sellers are buyers, we can really help um, make moving a little easier than it is today. Is that a service that is available in all of the U.S., or is that still targeted in some Not yet. Yeah, so right now it's available just in Phoenix and Las Vegas, um, and it's coming to Atlanta and Denver soon. So tell us a little bit more how you come up with new ideas for, for services like this. I mean, so you have, you have all this business intelligence. You sit on this amazing data. What does your innovation pipeline look like? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, we always think about working backwards from the consumer to steal you know, a famous line from, from Jeff Bezos at Amazon. And Zillow was founded around consumer empowerment and transparency to try and build a marketplace where people could make decisions about home. And that's what guides us today. And that's what led us into the mortgage business, and that's what led us into the rentals business, um, and that's what's led us into Zillow offers, is we, 
test things and we talk to tens of thousands of consumers a month on our platforms. And as we see consumer expectations change, we look at how can we innovate and how can we um, offer things that they want to help make their life easier. You know, and if you wind the clock back, that's really what drove mobile, right? I mean, when, if you think about it, when Zillow was founded, we were a desktop-only website. We were really a search engine. Um, and when Steve Jobs held that iPhone up, you know, you could see really quickly by watching our consumers that real estate was going to be a category that was going to move to mobile faster than anybody. Uh, and that helped us get out in front of it and pivot the entire company to mobile, where we are, you know, 75 plus percent mobile today. That's where all of our traffic and all of our um, advertising partnerships are. Um, the consumer experience is better there. You're out on, on the go. And, and we've really turned it into an intelligent, you know, uh, an intelligent partner for you when you're shopping cross device now as a consumer. So the mobile revolution, you know, we work backwards from the consumer. The press a button, let me sell your house for you revolution that's coming works backwards from the consumer and says, hey, they're stressed. They have all this uh, time frame and uncertainty matchup to do. How can we help alleviate one side of that problem for them? So for us, innovation always comes out of talking to our end customers. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio, powered by the Warren School. I'm your host, Christian Tevich. I'm chatting with Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. Our topic today is uh, the realtor industry. We have been talking about the jobs of real estate agents. In the first half of the show, I talked with Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. If you want to know I have access to the first part of the show as well, go to my website, workoftomorrow.com. You have can access to the first half as well as all other episodes. At this point, again, I'm going to continue my discussion with Jeremy Waxman, president of Zillow. So with Google, uh, the, the whole business of search, once you put location into search, has gotten a whole new power to it. Uh, do you guys at Zillow know, could you tell me how many people have pressed on my house while standing within 100 feet from my driveway and looked for the Zillow at the Z estimate? Uh, we probably could somewhere. We don't make that data available because it's obviously we respect everyone's privacy. But if you think about you as a home shopper, we absolutely are tailoring and personalizing recommendations to you when you're shopping based on your behavior. And if you're signed up as an active shopper, you're probably not right now with us, but if you were, your recommendations would get smarter every day because they'd be based on what you're looking at. They'd be based on your search history. Um, and so just like Google, you know, is trying to become more personalized to you, um, you're going to, the average consumer will spend three to five months shopping for a home over dozens and dozens of, of website and app interactions. And so getting that tuning right back to our original conversation, that helps that consumer walk into that agent conversation with a much better sense of what they're looking for. And it helps um, and it really helps them make sure they can have a good conversation. You mentioned the, the innovation process and how it's consumer-driven. Uh, could you share, other than what you've shared so far, some, some things you're working on right now without giving away too many of your internal secrets? Well, we talked a bunch about Zillow offers. I think that's a really good example of a, of a big innovation we're taking. Um, you know, the other one, just to talk about the business with agents, you know, our sort of our, our existing business, it's the same trend. So if you work backwards from the consumer, you have to elevate the connection and how you do that. And I'll give you a small example of something that's a really big innovation. Um, for a long time, when we connected a consumer with an agent, there wasn't a ton of information that passed through. And we handed that, that lead off to the agent and we hoped that, and gave the agent tools to do a good job. Um, now we are trying to help really up that connection rate so that every time a consumer calls us and wants to talk to an agent, we're getting an agent on the phone first. Uh, and so we make sure that there's always a live connection happening and we're helping up the amount of data we can share between the agent and the consumer. And then afterwards, we're asking the consumer, you know, how did that go? Are you going to work with that agent? And if you are, great. We'll respect that relationship and we'll show you that agent all the time on the, on the website. Those seem really tactical, but if you back up, 
that's elevating the consumer experience to be much more of a closed loop, right? You, you consider your agent and the way you're using Zillow and did you have a good experience, one closed loop between the buyer and the agent and Zillow. And so that just goes back to, that's how consumers expect their apps to interact now, right? When you use, when you use Uber, you're going to rate you know, how your experience went. When you, when you use Zillow, you're going to rate how your experience went. And we want to make sure we can provide an ever-increasing level of service. So the rising consumer expectations that are driven by how smartphones are making us all both impatient and expecting services to be seamless and just work, we're trying to bring that to all parts of the real estate transaction. So Uber has been known for creating lots of interesting data that is really powerful even for municipalities about just how people move around. Uh, beyond the interactions with the agents and the customers and potentially the lenders, do you have other companies or other players in the ecosystem that you connect with who benefit from your intelligence? Well, anytime you can make things more efficient or transparent, I think everyone benefits. And so I'll, maybe I'll leave you with one last example. Um, one of our companies and technologies that's, that's growing really quickly is a company called Dotloop, which is basically digitizing the transaction management part of it, right? So you can do all this great stuff on the internet. You can find the house you like. You can find a great partner. And then when you go to actually close, there's still, you know, 80 forms um, that are highly local to your county. And Dotloop is really both trying to help bring that process online by digitizing that transaction, not just the document signing, but the actual, you know, unique specifics of the transaction, and by making it easier for parties to collaborate. So having what they call a loop, a place where the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, the buyer, the seller, the title, the escrow company can all see where they are and make the transaction a smoother process. Well, that brings the process online, that reduces errors, that can shrink time, and that benefits everybody, right? So again, if it goes back to that innovation um, thesis we talked about, which is work backwards from your customers and try and solve what their pains are and how can we apply technology and intelligence to do it. How about municipalities and real estate developers? And again, I'm looking at your market intelligence. To what extent can you guide where the next kind of set of condos is going to be built, where townships have to invest in real estate development or offering new properties, uh, new land for development? Is, is there, are those players in the ecosystems that you've considered? Um, I mean, we have our hands full <laughs> with consumers, and so we know there's lots of great partners, and we have some that use our data, and we make much of our data available to the industry. Um, but we're pretty focused on just trying to help um, further our mission, which is empower consumers to buy, sell, and rent homes. So five years from now, what, what is Zillow going to do? I mean, again, you're going to be empowering consumers to buy and sell homes. How will that change? What, what, what are the big trends that you're seeing right now? Well, we've talked about a bunch of them. I mean, if you play the push a button, make an experience happen for me out. You can imagine a world five years from now where someone's moving across the country, they find a house on Zillow and they're able to push a button, instantly qualify for a mortgage and write an offer on that home to know they're gonna get it. And they'll have us sell their house for them. Maybe they even someday they have us move them. And so you could make moving you know, as easy as shopping for other things that you do on your phone. Um, long way to go to make that happen, but ideally if we can remove the friction and the pain of the purchase and the sale and the move, we can enable more moves to happen and people's lives will improve because they can find the right home that fits their, their dream or their current state. What a great closing. Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Great. Thank you.
We've reached the end of the show today. Uh, let me just kind of wrap up what we've been doing in the first half of the show. I talked to Bob Goldberg, the CEO of the National Association of Realtors. Really interesting to see, I think, uh, confirmed by what, what Jeremy Waxman, the president of Zillow, said. Real estate agents seem to be here to, to stay, despite the advances in technology. Uh, the, those jobs seem to be reasonably secure. Again, I think the value that has been created, the productivity that has been created through the Zillow technology seems to be going to the consumer in terms of being more prepared and getting a better purchase experience, as opposed to, again, being uh, lower cost and ultimately driving out the jobs. I'm Christian Tavish on behalf of all of us here at the Wharton School. Thank you for listening. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.